everyone. Welcome to another edition of Common Kaisers. I am your host, Chris Eaton. And joining me, as always, is... Adiani Nohosa. What's up, guys? How was your summer break, Chris? I am exhausted. Same. I'm absolutely exhausted. I've, I've spent the last three days uh, catching up on sleep and right. doing other, po- other podcasts. Uh, for those who don't know what the hell we're talking about, we are, what, four days out from Comic-Con? It is the, yes, four days since Comic-Con ended. So it's Thursday, yes. the day after, week after Comic-Con. And so we're, you were working like yeah, a dog. I mean, the whole prep for Comic-Con, working Comic-Con and all that stuff is, you know, it's it's a whole process. And, um, and you know, it takes more than one, takes a whole team uh, to do what we do. But, yeah. Yeah, well... <clears throat> On top of that, I was also in Chicago for G Fest. As uh, well, we should mention we have um, we have a, a, a sitting guest. Yeah, like he's gonna be popping in and out. Yeah. So say hi. Here. Say hi, Hiroshi. Hi. Hello. Closer. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Uh, is, is it the uh, 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 what 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 all over the world? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Everyone in 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 Japan and America. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Everyone. <laughs> North Korea, South Korea. Wow. All the Koreans. Wow. Every, wow. Every, wow. Yeah. I, I, I didn't Van, know. Van, so Van for one. Wow. Vamp for a second. Vamp for a second. I I just I, I just talking with Chris. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. That's that's what we want. Just just regular conversation. Oh wow. Oh, sorry about that. At um, it is a we are in the dead heat of summer out here in Southern California, and uh, it is I'm on I'm on a second story of a house, and it, it is a confection oven up here. So I have my fan running, so I just turn it down so it doesn't doesn't get too too involved into the audio in the background. So I don't, I don't know if you guys can see this. Other than that, Chris, show us your shirt. It's a pretty good shirt. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The Art Adams, the one of the OGs of American artists out here who did Godzilla. That's a very fine product from the good people at Super 7. Good people. Uh, one, one of my many Comic-Con buys this year that, is, uh, that uh, I spent too much money on, but no regrets whatsoever. I actually love this shirt. It fits like a, it fits like a perfect glove. It just hugs, just hugs just right. The Rodan shirt, too, is pretty nice, but that one felt like it's a different material and just clings just a little bit more. Is it is it the Heather shirt, or is it... Because that one's a plain one, right? Yeah, it's blue. It's a little bluer than I expected it to be, but I'll make it work. It's got the classic um, Mattel Rodan logo on it, and uh, I have no Rodan shirts, so I need to rep Rodan out there. He's, he's, one of the, he's one of the top ones. I don't think I've seen a Rodan shirt outside of Mondo. At least in America. Uh, years ago, years ago at a wasn't no Miller's Outpost was gone. It was Miller's Outpost. Yeah, Sam it was a mall. It might have been Sam Goody. It was somewhere in a mall. But I saw a Rodan shirt, and it was the. Do you remember the old VHS, the Video Treasures one? They had it was just the production still of Rodan, like over the bridge. Yeah. It was literally just that image. They had no no text or anything on it. It was they just made it into a circle, 
The only problem was, though, they only had it in small, thus Bummer. I could not buy it. Yeah. Even then, even when it was much more dainty, I, I couldn't fit it in small. So, Bummer. too tall for it. <clears throat> yeah. So, yes, uh, exhausted. Uh, I've been trying to catch up on work. Arian, I'm assuming you've been exhausted. You've been out gallivanting. Uh, well, uh, so Hiroshi's been staying in my place ever since Comic-Con, and uh, when we can, I've been showing him around town. Uh, we went to a baseball game yesterday. It was a lot of fun. A lot of a lot of fun. And uh, Padres win on, or they lose? Of course they lost. <laughs> Come on. You know. Come on. Uh, yeah, you know, it feels to be a Ducks fan. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know. Exactly. Southern California sports teams that aren't Dodgers or Lakers. That's, Mm-mm. that's you know. We, no, as we call them up here, the Doyers. Those Doyers. <laughs> Those Doyers, man. The Doyers. But all right, that's enough of uh, of our summer vacation. Let's get down to yes. business. And what we you got, guys we are got, listening into. Go ahead. We got brass tacks to get down to. So today on today's a fine episode. We are delving back into the world of director uh, uh, Lam uh, Neng Kai. Lam Kai. I believe I'm pronouncing that off, but uh, Chinese is not my um, it's not my first language. Uh, we actually watched one of this man's finest masterpieces about like four or five episodes ago. A little movie called The Seventh Curse. Hell which yeah. I'm so happy to turn Arian into this movie because uh, yeah. I think I won him over with my my taste fully with this thing. Today we're going with a little bit of a lighter affair, but more. But he got to play with a bigger budget with this one, and this one is actually based on a manga from uh, from Japan. What's the manga so, called? The manga is called, I believe it is. Um, I believe it's actually called Peacock King. Is that right? It's a double chip. Yeah, Peacock King. Oh no, no, Peacock. Um, yeah, Spirit Warrior. That's the other. Oh. That's the subtitle has with it too. So, uh, this is this was made in 1988. Got a release over here in America in 1989. And my word, is this a fun movie? I think that's the best way I can. Rack it up. Arian's kind of like rolling his eyes. Do you, do you have no. a... <laughs> no, this is... this is These are these kind of movies that this show is built on where you find these movies are not what you would call highly recommended by people. These do mm-hmm. not show up on top 10 lists. You have to know someone to know someone who has a, who has a, a third generation VHS copy to, to, to watch this movie. It is a lot of what we want to see. There's a little bit of violence. There's a little bit of tokusatsu. There is a women's changing scene in a department store. There, there's a lot going on in this movie. There's, there's amazing soundtrack. Let me. Oh my God! Yes, bangers. I completely forgot how good the soundtrack in this is. There's, there's people wearing sunglasses indoors. There's, okay, we're gonna get into this right now. So, go ahead. So this movie opens with some sort of archaeological site. There's a bunch of uh, nondescript men doing something around this giant obelisk of sorts. The way uh, the, the way I'm going to call these people, these nondescript people, are um, Ceradian agents because okay. what they're doing exactly, I'm not really sure. It's doesn't not really matter. Explained. 
because it's just to get to the point. And the point is that they've disturbed this uh, sacred obelisk of swords. It looks like a giant urn. And uh, all of their equipment starts going haywire. The skies open up, raging with storm. And this devilish woman pops out. And she looks like she came out of a 1986 Vogue magazine. Her hair just so pompous, pompadourous and perfect. And there's always a wind blowing just right around her, even if there's no wind at all around her. And uh, we are introduced to the witch Raga, who makes the proclamation that the Hell King is on his way back. And she will be using the Hell King's daughter, Asura, as her uh, means of resurrecting this ancient evil. And this is where the movie gets running because all this Ghostbusters, I, I call it Ghostbusters-esque chaos that goes on because the effects, it, the effects are definitely a jump higher from what we saw with uh, Seventh Curse. Seventh Curse definitely had a budget, like a smaller budget. This has got like a modest budget to it. And you can really tell in some, in some of the shots. So smash cut to Hong Kong. Actually, no, I take that back. We smash cut to Tibet, and uh, a monk is, you know, chanting in uh, in his temple in front of this uh, large three-faced Buddhist statue. And uh, with this is where we're introduced to one of our leads, Peacock, comes in cocky and sure strong of himself, off another mission, and uh, his. Uh, his master kind of calls him out on his crap. It's like, uh, what were you doing? He's like, I was off killing vampires. He's like, you were killing some thieves and you're uh, you're doing some stuff that you shouldn't be doing. You're you're not uh, you're not following your 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 tasks at hand. He's I mean, like, oh, come on, make I mean, money. They, they weren't not not vampires. Vampires, right? They let's put it this way: they were not not bad guys. Put it that way. <laughs> I mean, if you got some supernatural powers and there ain't nothing supernatural going on, you're gonna do a little free, you know, uh, you know, little little free work for yourself. Let's talk about Peacock for a second. This guy is a, a, a Cadillac of a man. He comes in so so, you know, walks in into the temple like nothing. Kind of just strolls around, has Swagger. the cool, He's got this cool like devil lock little thing going on in the middle of his hair with like a slight buzz cut and he's mm -hmm. like hey man i'm just you know i'm just peacock i'm just here to do my thing mm -hmm. and uh well his master gives him the the, the what for? horrible horrible news that evil evil he's been training his whole whole life to fight is upon us and peacock's like oh, come on you say this about every every evil it's like the simpsons it's like Grandpa, like, that that doll's evil. Grandpa, you've been saying that about all of Bart's gifts. It's like, he's like, come on, man. Everything's evil. It's like, no, no, no. This is the legit evil. He's like, well, how do you know? And then the camera just focuses on the statue. And it splits in half. And what's inside of it? It's a smaller statue. A golden statue. <laughs> that kind of looks like a um, a Kali. You know, the... The, um, the, the multi-headed... The multi, the multi yes, armed, yeah. The uh, the god of you know goddess or god of destruction in uh, Hindu lore, and Peacock is tasked to take this because it is the symbol of returning evil, and he must go and confront this evil. And where do where must he go to confront this evil? Because it ain't in Tibet. 
it's in the third hole or the the devil's hole, which is located the second devil's hole, mm-hmm. which is located in Tokyo. And you'll find out that we're gonna visit a lot of holes in this movie. <laughs> so many holes. Devils. So many holes they have so to be plugged. <laughs> so off we so go we, to Tokyo to meet. So we're off to Tokyo. We are in uh, a department store yes. that has this dinosaur exhibit that they're putting together. And we meet this this brash young woman who's in charge of it and her manager. And, you know, they're under the gun to get this thing going because this is a brand new exhibit, you know, just to get, you know, foot traffic back in there. By the way, enough that they actually put dirt down on the like the 18th floor of this building. So uh, shenanigans are afoot, which cuts us over to another temple in Japan. And this is where we're introduced to our second character, Lucky Fruit, who is the, yes, who you could say is the ying to Peacock's yang, if you will. They are intertwined, even if they don't realize it yet. And we'll get into that in a minute. And his master, a uh, also a, uh, a monk, tasks him with taking care of this evil. He's like, look, the Hell King is returning. This is what I've taught you, trained you all these years for. And Lucky Fruit, even though he's got uh, you know, the the goofier name, he is very by the book. He takes all of his work very seriously to the point that he's like, yes, just where do I got to go? And I will I will get this task done. So he is sent off to Tokyo to this department store. And they show him in his full monk regalia coming up the escalator of this uh, this this uh, <laughs> this department store. People are like, what's a monk doing here? And uh, well, we find out that he was actually kind of, you know, it's a double-edged sword. He was kind of summoned by the department manager because the department manager is a very superstitious man and knows that there is um, – there is e- there is something evil afoot, and uh, so the young woman that was in charge of the dinosaur exhibit, she's with the manager, and uh, they are discussing supernatural on you know goings on. And she's like, I don't believe any of this garbage. Come on, who are you? Who are you to say any of this stuff? That's when uh, Lucky Fruit turns around, snatches something from her neck. What is it? It's like a this Dungeons and Dragons looking worm thing. It's very hard to describe. It looks like a centipede, like a yes. worm centipede creature. That's oh my god! The effect for this is made out of stop motion, and not only is the creature stop motion, but the hand hand in the close up is also stop motion. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know who worked on this, but it is it is a very good effect. I tried to find actually who was the um, effect supervisor, and unfortunately, there's not a lot of information about this movie other than what was in the credits. So yeah, so this teeny little, little demonic-looking thing, which uh, he's trying to prove to this girl, like, look, if you can see this, that means that there is strong supernatural energy. And even then, she's still not. It's like, that's eh, just a trick. But the manager is like, no, 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 no trick. Like, we gotta, we gotta bless this place. If we're gonna open this exhibit, we gotta make sure everything is copacetic and savvy. So that leads them to uh, starting this um, ritual. Inside of these this dinosaur exhibit, which, by the way, the dinosaurs are two of the most grotesque, rubberiest looking suits. Like the second they come on screen, you're like, something's going to happen with these guys. Like, yeah, because they, these are not 
<laughs> these are not statues. They look like the dinosaurs from The Last Dinosaur. Very much. And do you notice, um, well, I'm jumping ahead. I'll come to that in a second. Well, as they perform the ritual, the girl's like, you know what? I'm out of here. Like, I'm not dealing with this. And Lucky Fruit's like, no, no, you got to stay. Like, this is going to take all night. And uh, it turns out the boss is also not being uh, fully truthful with the, uh, you know, with, with the location that the uh, department store was built on. Reminder, so, that, reminder that we are still inside of a department store. You're still the inside building, of a department, department store. store. Yes. So. Surrounded by two giant rubbery dinosaurs. So, so lady leaves. And lady this, leaves. This part. And heads upstairs to the changing room. Now, I don't know. Maybe our guest can can kind of fill in a little bit on this. Is there, in, in when you work in Japan, at least back in the day, did you change at your job into your uniform there? Was that something that was common? Is there a locker room in uh, in, in department stores in Japan? Do you know like inside of a mall in Japan? Inside a mall? Yeah. Is there is there a locker room for for guests or not guests employees? Yeah, uh, where you change clothes, shower room. Oh, change clothes. Yeah, yeah. Change clothes. Yeah. Where? No. No, no. No, okay. Okay. All right. We just just made that clear. This felt like something. Like, we need to get some gratuitous skin in here. Now, by by the way, unlike this previous movie we just watched, which has tons of, of nudity in it, this one's a little more on the PG-13 side, so but we get some we get some leg action and we get some some just conveniently wrapped around towels. Uh, meanwhile, downstairs, back in the dinosaur room, uh, the the ritual goes on, but things start to stir, and uh, a a possible ghost is amongst the room. And uh, as Lucky Fruit is like, okay, you got to be honest with me here, like you know, to the manager, like. What happened? Because he's Lucky Fruit's kind of like letting him know. It's like, I know you're lying about this place. And he finally fesses up. He's like, all right, I bought this place. It was on top of a cemetery, and we built it. They go full poltergeist with it. And he's, as you know, they move the headstones. But what do they not do? They don't move the bodies. You move the headstones, but you didn't move the bodies. So upstairs in the girls' locker room, Evil is afoot. And uh, as our young heroine opens her locker, this gigantic demonic hand just reaches out. And Lucky Fruit is there in time with some wonderful, uh, you know, slapstick comedy thrown in of a man rushing into a woman's, you know, changing room. You get the pervert, you know, and stuff is thrown at him. But the giant claw coming out of the, you know, interdimensional locker sends everyone else fleeing. To the point that now, for the first time, we actually see the power that these monks wield. He does this little chant and fires a, uh, I don't know, would you say like it's a, kind of almost like a Hadouken? Like what Ryu would Yeah, call? that's a good way to put it, yeah. Yeah, and, and severs the hand, but the hand is still alive. And thus he must completely destroy before it gets our, our young heroine. To which she finally says, all right, I believe you. There's, there's evil afoot here. They rush back down to the to the dinosaur room where evil has taken form. It has taken control. It possessed. It's possessed two, two dinosaurs. dinosaurs. 
which yes. start, would start yelling, would start roaring. And there's a very familiar roar in there. If you, if you watch enough giant monster movies, it's almost as if a giant turtle was in the room. I don't know if you noticed that. I did not notice that. Yeah, they, they recycled okay. they recycled Gamera's roar for the T Rex. Nice. The classic Gamera. <laughs> so a fight a fight with this giant rubbery dinosaur that looks like it came from the last dinosaur uh, ensues. And this is where out of nowhere Peacock shows up. Peacock in it, by the way. And the the duo take on this this um, this hellish dinosaur of sorts. Which uh, Peacock fully, uses his? It's hmm? fully animatronic, by the way. This is this is I would say twelve feet tall. Yes. Maybe twenty. And versus two regular sized dudes, and they're flying. This is where the the wire work comes in. They're throwing daggers. They're throwing spells. You know, they're they're. It's like Crouching Tiger, fully visible dinosaur. Which again, you love gen, you know, genre bending stuff because now yes, you have two monks who have supernatural abilities doing uh wuxia moves and throwing magic energy bolts at this insane ghostly possessed dinosaur again you just tell that to someone who has never seen this movie and i guarantee they're going to want to hop in on this thing so they defeat the dinosaur with a uh peacock defeats yeah they kill it they actually kill this this fake possessed dinosaur with a magical dagger and before the there's there's a T-Rex and a Triceratops, and before the Triceratops can be possessed, they cast a spell <laughs> on it and knock it down so that way the spirit was, within it cannot cannot he was contain just killing. it. He wasn't even possessed, he was just there. Hey, you got hey, double tap. You can't yeah. leave any 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 ground for your enemy. And so Peacock and Lucky Fruit introduce themselves to one another and realize they are both on the same quest. But Peacock kind of lets it know. He's like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm in on this, but, you know, I'm all, I'm all for uh, some of the, you know, accoutrements that come along with it. Because he's kind of got, you know, giving a little wink eye to our to our lady friend. When they both sense greater evil. And so these, they're like, we got to get out of here. The ghost that is possessing these things is not done. And so as they all turn around to leave, we see this mist of sorts come out of the T-Rex's mouth, grabs the manager, picks him up, and then goes inside of him and twists him around and pretty much snaps him in half, like breaks his back, drops him in, you know, blood coming from his mouth. And the two, this is the first time we see the two monks team up and they cast a spell that makes the ghost show itself. And it's this angry woman and they send her back to the underworld. So they realize there's more to be done. So I, without saying so much, they're like, well, we've sealed this hole. Like we've, oh. we've, we've de- defeated the point of, you know, why we're both here, but there's still two more holes to go. But well, now they're like, Hey, let's go out. Let's go out partying. Let's go out partying. Immediately. Immediately after this, but and they don't notice that there is a that, that there is a vibracious woman watching from the catwalk. Which apparently there's a catwalk inside this this apartment building or this this um, the department store, and uh, we see that there's still more evil afoot. But we go to a really swanky club where drinks are being had, and our our heroine is like, "Well, 
I don't have a job anymore because my manager's dead, which I didn't realize that's how that works, but okay. <laughs> I would assume a corporate structure has things in place to make sure that your job is still, God forbid, someone of the higher chain <laughs> passes away. You know, so You know what sucks is they were advertising the hell out of that dinosaur exhibit. Mm -hmm. so the, it's supposed to open like, the oh. next day. Yeah, there was advertisements all over the wall. You know, there was like a banner outside the department building. It was sucks that she lost her job. I guess I'm using more dinosaur exhibit. <laughs> but at least but she's alive. But meanwhile, they're in this club. They're drinking. They're having a peacock is peacocking. Yeah, he's dancing. He is peacocking. And they are blasting some old school hip hop in the back. Like, I, I couldn't figure yeah. out. I, couldn't figure out who it was. It was just some song from that time, but it sounded like, you know, some old fat boy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised and, they uh, bring out a cardboard oh, yeah. and start. Yeah. <laughs> With the turntables and everything. And that's when they are told, okay, we got to figure out what this next, this next hole is going to be. And we got to, we got to make sure we're there in time. But they, uh, the girl decides I'm going to come along with you because now I don't have a job. I don't have anything else to do, so let us uh, let us go on an adventure because I've seen some stuff and I have to see this through. Which, by the way, she has no skin in the game whatsoever. This girl just comes along because now she's bored, and what am I going to do? Sit at home and mull over the fact that I was attacked by a giant claw and possessed animatronic dinosaurs? No, no, no. Got to see more. But before we do that, we got to have some more fun, and for no reason other than to throw in either to pad time or or something else they go to a uh they go to a little theme park uh, which i believe yeah. is, they're still in japan i believe yeah and i uh, i don't recognize it's 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 got a giant roller coaster and a giant ferris wheel so i'm not sure exactly where they were but she's uh they're they're peacock and lucky fritter showing her a good time they're kind of using some of their powers to, you know, make the rides go faster, which causes some unintended chaos. People are thrown about, you know, they got to save uh, a poor girl. They got thrown up onto the uh, the Ferris wheel. And uh, then they realize their next road of their mission lies in Hong Kong, and they must be jettisoning away. Meanwhile, back in Japan, this clan of evil-looking men, Led by the great Gordon Liu, who, man, just a, just a. Could you remind our viewers who Gordon Liu is? For those who don't know the great Gordon Liu, if you've never watched a Hong Kong movie in your life, uh, he was most famous. He's most famously known as the leader of the Crazy 88s in Kill Bill. He's the main dude when when they all come in and they do just, the guy. you know. The, the ball guy, when they do that quick hard shot on him, he goes, ah, that's Gordon Liu. He's awesome. Like, you should definitely go back and watch more Gordon Liu movies. It is it is most important in one's life to get as much of Gordon Liu as you can. So we find that these unscrupulous individuals are the, the, uh, the hell sect. And uh, that the that Lucky Fruit's... Um, master betrayed them years ago and that his mission is uh in the way of their leader's plot to bring back the hell king so they are sent along to go find 
where Lucky Fruit is. And they find Lucky Fruit's master just meditating in front of a, uh, a waterfall, like all monks do. And you know what? They are also the most polite bad guys I've ever seen in my life. Because they roll in and like, hey, old man, where's your uh, where's your little buddy? He's like, he's gone. I'm like, well, we got to kill him. It's like, yeah, well, that's not going to happen. They're like, well, we're going to have to kill you. He's like, come on. I'm an old man. What are you going to get out of that? And, you know, it's, even, it's, it's the... It's the kind of honor among thieves kind of thing. They're they're pretty much just like, look, just tell us where he's at so we can get this done for our master. We won't kill you. We'll let you be, and we'll just let Armageddon happen. He's like, uh-uh. That's not going to happen anyway. And then he does the thing where he wasn't going to do it. He's like, besides, you're never going to catch him anyway. They're in Hong Kong. Nice. Thanks, bro. Yeah, dude, sweet. Sell out your boy. So, smash cut to Hong Kong. We have no idea how anybody has paid for anything, especially for the air travel, because this is brought up a moment later when they take a taxi to the uh, location they need to get to, and they don't have any money to pay for it, and uh, Lucky Fruit uses his, his supernatural abilities to bring the meter down to nothing, and then they bolt and make a quick getaway. So they are met back up with Peacock, and they find that the next entrance is in, uh, it's below the sewers of Hong Kong, which now we're getting into what feels like some, it feels like some great Big Trouble Little China moments, which I was getting yeah. that vibe from this movie the entire time. I don't know if you were filmed the same way. I was getting a whole alien xenomorph vibe uh, toward the end. Which plays into yeah. some of his other <laughs> other movies. So they descend down this cavern, which is filled with all of rats. these decaying bodies. Rats. Uh, Peacock finds an, a happy little iguana living under there. And, a clean, uh, clean, random iguana? A clean, yes, clean, random iguana. Maybe just, you know, hanging out with the rats. You know, having a little snack here and there. And they are uh, led down a tunnel to... Uh, to a large room. And at this point, they're joined by two other gentlemen who are photographers. And uh, you're looking at this. And it, I didn't even think they had names. I forgot I, their I names. Think I, I think I looked away for a second, and then there was two people following them. I'm like, who are these dudes? Exactly. But if you know your horror movies, they're there for a reason. And when they ascend down into this cavern, uh now the bigger story starts to unfold. They come face to face with Asura, the daughter of hell, the virgin daughter of hell. And uh, Peacock King kind of takes one look at her. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. She's not our enemy. Which Lucky Fruit's like, no, she's the daughter of the king of hell. And he's like, no, she's 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 got a good soul. Like we we cannot take her on. There's something more going on here, which is where the evil demonic witch Raga comes in. And kind of lays out her plan that she's using uh, Asura as her avatar to bring forth Armageddon and to lure her 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 father into the real world. It's a very Raven and Trigon, if you know your Teen Titans. Hmm. It's a, it's a lot yeah. of that. 
And thus, a, another battle ensues, which goes completely bonkers, which is the is thing this, this director does best. Is this the part where she transforms? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Okay. How do you how do you describe this? This guy must have seen The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, 10 minutes before making this movie. Because mm-hmm. she straight up reverses herself. Uh, she looks like a, the guy from Extro. It's mm-hmm. I don't even. It looks like the thing essentially, but so on she, all fours. She contorts like her back, flips like a transformer, like going from car mode to robot mode. Like her skin bursts open, her hands like tear apart, and these demonic claws come out. Uh, just these pulsating sacks kind of form on her, and the best part, her head extends. And she's got this long neck now, and her face cracks open, revealing a gigantic, like, mouth. mouth that's just riddled with teeth, like, all around. It's like a circular mouth. And on each side is is her old face. And this is a delightful mixture of practical effects and stop motion. Like, what did you think of the stop motion in this scene? There's, there's shots of this scene specifically where it is the creature is moving. What's her name? Um, Raga? Raga, yeah. In, in demon form is moving, and the camera is moving with it. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed by that. Uh, it, especially it if you like, consider how hard it is to do this stuff. I would say it's, you know, you're, you're looking at, at Phil Tippett, mm-hmm. uh, like unpolished Phil Tippett work. Um especially with the camera work, the way the creature moves around, I was, it's hard to predict where it's going to be. It's hard to say where the creature is going to move around because it is this horrible, did not like, I, I don't know how to describe it, but uh, it has an anatomy and watching it move around. You're like, okay, I get it. I understand that the arms extend. I understand yeah. that the head splits open, but yeah, it's great. And the way it moves, like it, it kind of, it's almost like it centers like on the gimbal, like the top will move, but the bottom will remain. So it can kind of do these weird, like little flips and stuff like that. And it paces kind of like a Jaguar. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. And then it launches its attack on, on our, uh, on our group, <laughs> our, which cameraman. our cameraman gets his head bit off. His face is completely torn away. The other gentleman runs for his life, and he gets a uh, extendo claw through the chest, just right through, like just completely torn apart. And uh, Peacock and uh, and Lucky Fruit now have to take this thing on. To an extent, they get actually kind of get their their asses handed to them for a minute because this thing is very powerful, and Peacock is determined not to let. Asura be taken by this thing. And Lucky Fruit's like, well, kill her. We can end all this. And he's like, no, no, we will not do that. So he is trying to, Peacock is trying to defend Asura while Lucky Fruit is taking on this monster. And they kind of switch back and forth to, you know, uh, duties of fighting. At one point, it has uh, Peacock pinned down and he's holding the the mouth, you know, agape where then. Lucky Fruit comes in with another one of his Adukan attacks. They team up, 
awesome acrobatics. It's a combination of practical effects and stop motion with fighting this thing. And there's a, there's a fantastic scene when um, when Raga in her demon form attacks uh, uh, Lucky Fruit, and there's a shot of the seat of the stop motion creature with its arm extended and Lucky Fruit on the other side. And of course, you can see where the where the cut is like there's a steam vent that's you know posting some steam down but it is a fantastically uh framed shot like you're getting this thing moving at the same time as the actor is you know got this prop claw on him and he's struggling to get out and the the again whoever did the stop motion on this my hat's off to you because it it this is i would say it's up there with anything you would see you know, short of Robotine's work in the 80s. Yeah. Like, this this is some great, great stuff. And uh, it's sent, eventually, the uh, the two men use their powers. They blow one of her arms off. They start kind of breaking her down. And uh, end up... They end up defeating her. And she kind of... Uh, quote, unquote. She, yes, quote, unquote. And uh, she kind of just vanishes, and it is uh, Asura is left into the care of of uh, Peacock, who pretty much is now he's taking a shine to her. So you got this monk whose main goal is to defeat evil, and now oh he's fallen for the daughter of the devil. This is a this is a union that is not supposed to happen. So uh, what to do? want to do and peacock says we must go back to my master so we must go to tibet and magically we are on our way to tibet where uh they by car go, <laughs> by car they roll into the temple uh peacock's master is there is like is that who i think it is he's like yes but you know what? we can't kill her she has good in her you know if anything our job is not is to destroy evil not good and his his master begrudgingly re regrets, like, fine, let us let us keep her safe. So this leads to the backstory of our heroes. So Peacock's master, you know, describes how years ago they were actually part of this uh, demonic sect who uh, worshipped the Hell King, and they realized the error of their ways, and. Uh, these two boys were meant to be meant to be killed, but they couldn't allow it to happen. So we find out that Peacock and Lucky Fruit are actually brothers. Cue the music. And that they were both saved by their respective masters who were buddy buddies inside of the same sect. And they decided, no, we'll split them up because you don't want to leave the keys, you know, laying around in the same spot where anybody can get to them. They were both trained in the ways of demon fighting. And that their destiny is to defeat this demonic entity that will one day rear its head. And so now this news is dropped on them, and they're like, oh, okay, well, I guess we're brothers now. This, a lot of this starts to make sense. So it's around this time that Gordon Liu and his band of miscreants roll into the temple. And so they take the yeah, peacock and lucky fruit take asura and our heroine off to hide in the shadows and the monk is left to face these uh, dastardly bastards 
And there's this whole rigmarole back and forth between the two of like, look, Gordon Liu's like, hey, come on. Just turn over your boy. Let's let Armageddon happen. And of course, Monk's like, we can't allow that. Are you nuts? Of course, I'm not going to do that. Look, I'm giving you a chance. I know you're not a bad guy. But you're just, your mind is filled with all this religious nonsense. Turn over a new leaf. I'm giving you one more chance. And of course, Gordon Liu says no and slays the uh, the master of Peacock, which Peacock, of course, has that moment of his dying master in his hands and tells Gordon, like, all right, you want you like you want the you call down the thunder. Now you're going to get it in this fantastic martial arts fight happens. Like, again, this movie has it's a buffet of wonders. It has everything you need in it. And this awesome fight be- between Gordon Liu and Peacock goes down. He's taken on 10 men at once. Candles are flying. Uh, swords are being drawn. And you know what? Peacock uh, kind of holds his own for a minute. It is until uh, Lucky Fruit comes in. And that's when Gordon Liu realizes, oh, you're both here. Cool. You just made our jobs that much easier. Because now we can kill both of you. And of course, like yeah. it's like that's that's not gonna happen. So an even bigger fight ensues, and there is a point where our heroes are kind of backed into a corner. Like they're they get their their asses handed to them a little bit, but it all stops just out of nowhere when Lucky Fruit's master shows up, and he's this got guy, the staff in his hand. This guy shows up like Gandalf in the Two Towers. But mm-hmm. he's dressed like Raiden. There's like the backlight is behind him. There's wind in his, you know, in his hair. And yeah, he's holding this stick, but not just any stick. He's got the devil it, stick. Got the devil stick, which belonged to the leader of the Hell Sect. And he makes the decree. The you know, well, he walks in and they're like, you know, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, I came to shut this party down. They're like. Well, we're going to have to kill you, too. And he throws, he kind of points the stick at him. He's like, ah, you're not doing that. They're like, well, our leader said so. He's like, I killed your leader. Now I have the devil stick, and you must obey me. Because, you know, because of their religious... uh, Yeah, that's how it works. And so they begrudgingly accept him as their new leader. Like, again, they didn't kill this dude. They take off to Hong Kong. So that way, their leader is left and off screen somewhere. By the way, we only saw the leader in like shadow, and he's kind of dressed like Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat. And this old man rolls in, murders him, and steals his weapon. Like that is some gangster stuff right there. Like this guy is not effing around. And he makes the decree. He's like, "Look, I'm your leader now. We're all going to fight together." And thus, we must, uh, you know, we must close the fourth portal before it's too late. But it is too late because Asura, she's her father beckons her and she goes outside of the temple and out of the ground in this vast Tibetan desert. This gigantic monolith rises out a beautiful miniature, absolutely stunning, just riddled with skulls and structures that looks like something out of uh, H.R. Geiger, and the doors open menacingly. Look, and look, 
let's let's cut the, you know let's be real the doors are vaginas right <laughs> we both know that and i think our audience should know that they are anatomically correct vaginas yeah but the work though the work though is is there it's beautiful yeah like you gotta you gotta admit man there's some beautiful miniatures in this movie it looks like a vagina so yeah so our gang follows uh, Sir in to the vagina, into the yes, into the vagina cave or the vagina fortress, because now we kind of see what it is. And she is at this at the base of this altar, and her eyes start glowing. <laughs> her body radiates this mystical energy, like she's turning into a super saiyan. And Peacock is like, "Don't, don't do it!" And but she has no choice. She summons her father against her will, and the ground splits open. And again, the miniatures and the blue and the and the 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 blue screen work in this. The because this shot, gigantic the hand. Shot, oh my god! Let's take a second to describe the Hell King. The first time you see him, he's like behind some crystals. Mm-hmm. He's just chilling there. He's just a dude. In, in gray paint with like a how would you describe his makeup? Think like of a, like a cheaper version of uh, Xerxes in 300. Yeah, yeah. He's just just chilling there, and then he's summoned by Ashura, and he guy just gets up, stands up, and it's just a dude. It's a dude. The way the way that they do this effect. How, they have a screen on one side, and then the actors are, are, are reacting to the screen. Can you describe yeah, this? It's like effect? a rear projector. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It's oh man. So sure enough, a fight ensues because the Hell King is here. But who does the Hell King fight? He fights the rest of the goons of the of the Devil Sect, and one by one, smack, 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 just. It, it, it's oh, like I completely spaced. I completely spaced. There's one. There's there's a sequence right before this, before the the Hell King comes out, where Raga makes her last stand. Oh right. I completely right. spaced. Yeah, we were jumping. We jump. So let's curtail back for some because even I forgot. Raga's there, and she's the one that activates Asura to summon the Hell King, and. She's like, you know, she's all beat up. She's missing body parts and everything like that. But she tells our heroes, you're too late. And uh, they're like, all right, well, whatever. We're just going to kill you now. So, but before they could, Raga attacks, you know, our our newly minted, you know, small army that we have. And she rips these dudes apart uh, to the point. Except, um, except like, for Gordon Liu. Except for Gordon Liu. So they cut off her head, and her head goes flying Evil Dead style, bites a dude in the neck, and just rips his jugular out. And the the and uh, Lucky Fruit's uh, uh, master takes the Hell Staff, stabs her in the eye with it, and blows up and vanishes. And then we get the Hell King. Yes. So now the battle with the Hell King ensues, which Peacock, being the headstrong. Uh, dude that he is says screw this let's go take this this some bitch on they do their their respective moves and as he leaps up 
he uh, tries to stab the Hell King, and his and Lucky Fruits Master's like, "Wait, no, you're not supposed to touch him." And we see why. What happens? He gets absorbed inside of him. Yep. And so now we can see like there's like this weird gelatinous film that he's stuck like in his left bicep with, and Gordon Liu goes to try to rescue him, <laughs> leaps up, and the Hell King grabs him. So there's this dude holding this doll shaped like Gordon Liu and crushes it, like just smashes it. And this, the way the doll was done, it looks like it was made out of some sort of like clay or polymer of some sort because when he crushes it and he throws it to the ground, they drop this fake body that it looks like a giant smash it. Like it's all gory and there's like imprints and stuff in it. And there's just this mass of Gordon Liu laying in front of them twitching and just yeah and the hell king really doesn't do anything. he just kind of stands there for a minute kind of like grunting like yeah yeah this this sequence reminds me a lot of uh attack on titan the way they Mm -hmm. just get smacked around yeah so this is the moment this is the moment our hero moment where uh lucky fruit is told uh you know you must you must attack and he's like peacock's in there and he's like there's nothing we can do. One of you is going to have to sacrifice yourself for this. This is for the greater good. But Lucky Fruit's having a moment of doubt. He can't do anything. And before he can act, Asura, now freed from the hypnotic control of everyone around her, says, I will do it. And she s- sacrifices her powers and turns into a fireball and just shoots herself right at her father. And in doing so, this giant explosion happens on him. And she hops back down with Peacock holding her. And he tells her, like, why? Why did you do this? He's like, no, I did it because you saw the good in me. And so he gets Asura out of, out of uh, the path of destruction. And this is where the, the monk, the, the head monk, tells him, he's like, you two can only do this together. Which I was like, wait a minute, I thought one of you had to sacrifice yourself five minutes ago. So I guess the rules change as it is needed. Right. And so he tells them, focus, focus and fight together like Jimmy and Billy Lee and Double Dragon. And so they start chanting and the Hell King starts growing, growing weary. He starts letting out a roar and he tries to advance on them. But this giant energy curtain opens up and he can't touch them. And they start glowing and they start lifting into the air. And this is where the the master is displaying. It's like, at last, the peacock, the peacock king is here. Ah, uh, he said it. Said the name of the title. And this giant, beautifully animated, like, ethereal peacock forms. And just starts enveloping the, uh, the hell king. And a giant explosion occurs. And there's a bright ball of white light and the dust settles and the hell king is gone and asura the master and our heroine are left wondering what are the fates of our heroes and the master's like well i believe he sacrificed themselves for the greater good not so not so so i forgot to mention that when they destroyed everything the the whole fortress just kind of vanished. It just disappeared. So they're left out in the Tibetan desert. And as our heroine is, is sad, she's like, ah, no, 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 they can't, they couldn't have died. 
the 80s synth music starts starts hitting and the beat starts getting higher and higher and over the horizon what do we see we see our two, two heroes our two heroes ashra who's holding ashra is it peacock or is it it's peacock like these yeah, two she's, she's riding on his back this reminded me so much of the ending of Independence Day when Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum are just walking out of the desert. I'm like, hell yeah. I, I got up at this point and was like, this movie. This, this is, movie. This movie, yeah. This, it won me and over. They reunite as the 80 synth wave hits its peak. Credits. Hell and you're yeah. Sitting, you're sitting back here like, God damn, that was a fun ride. This is a fun, fun movie. My God. <clears throat> so if you watch things like Ricky O, or you've actually gone back and you've listened to our episode and you have seen the brilliance that is the seventh curse, you're probably like, man, this this director, he's known for doing his more outrageous stuff. But you know what? This actually shows he's got some range. He can make the equivalent of a fun fantasy movie like in the vein of a big trouble little china or a golden child like this is this is an adventure movie at heart that has a little bit of gore here and there but it's got it's fun it is so much damn fun i don't know if you i mean again your thoughts i am really glad i got to see this movie uh i'm glad that this is on on the list and I believe more people should go see this guy's movies, Peacock King, uh, Seventh Curse, and we got another one coming up pretty soon. Uh, this is great. This is wonderful. There's a lot that we didn't talk about, like when uh, Lucky Lucky Strike, Lucky Fruit mm -hmm. uh, finds the, the demonic hamburger. Uh, oh, that's right. The, there's there's a lot that we left out on purpose, so you guys yes. can ch go check this out. Um, us describing things it's it's very hard to describe because there's a lot going on um it's, it's a visual feast of a movie yeah you are not bored you this isn't like a this isn't a movie you're like all right and here's a slow part because it this movie moves moves very quickly it's what an hour hour and a half at the most it's 90 minutes it is exactly, exactly 90 minutes long yeah you know Instead of going out and watching Oppenheimer or Barbie or whatever is going on this this weekend, go go watch this movie. This is so much fun. It has it. I keep reading Ghostbusters, but the effects felt a very Ghostbusters ish. The old, yeah, the old the old uh, blue screen tech, like all the ghosts were like rear projected. They um, they all the I mean. Um, you know what they call ghosts? They're actually more monsters than anything else. But that's it. That, that's the difference between the lores. But the, the the creature designs in this thing are wildly original. Again, seeing stop motion, like done like this. Again, it's there. You know the 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 moment you brought up with the the little hamburger imps. You know that I had a I was just flashing back to watching subspecies as a as a kid. Wow. <laughs> that's a that's a deep cut yeah. for those who don't know. So, um, but it's it's beyond charming. It makes me wistful for days when practicality was used because you had to. You had to be 
far more creative with the limitations that were given in front of you. And as I said, this movie clearly had a budget. There's there's a budget here. Like there's a lot of um, there's a lot of green, there's a lot of blue screen effects, stop motion. There's a ton of practical effects. Like this movie is heavy, heavy on practical effects as well. And the aforementioned dinosaur fight, um, the fight with uh, Braga in her demon form at times, um, just the the sets. Like it all it all looks like this. You know, there was some Golden Harvest threw some money into this thing, and it's but it's charming. Like the two leads are beyond care. Like they are walking charisma factories especially peacock like the fact that he's wearing the shades inside the club because you know when the sun shines on you 24 hours you know when the sun sun shines on you all day you got to wear sunglasses i'm misquoting my science project but um but it's just just like fun i i miss this era of movies the 80s was a magical time for this kind of stuff because people try this kind of thing today they don't understand the limitations that they have. And half the time, you know, when you're doing a horror fantasy, like, it usually leans more to the horror than the fantasy, but this perfectly balances both. Like, and now, like I said, it is a buffet of a movie. You get a little bit of everything. You get martial arts, you get horror, you get fantasy, you get all kinds of stuff. Like, if you cannot enjoy this movie, then I am going to venture that you have no soul and a black heart. That's fair. That is fair. fair. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. So, which I'm hoping this now gears you up for when we eventually do the sequel. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm in. I'm in for this guy. I'm in for this. And And then we're going to do, down the line, we're going to do one that is literally his Ghostbusters, and it's aptly titled Ghost Snatchers. And you want to talk about practical effects and gore. Oh, that's this one's got it in spades. So, but for those who love, I don't know, what what could you, you know, in the in the realm of, of these kinds of movies, what, what would be most apt to, like, kind of, just, you know, if you wanted a similar flavor? Uh, you know, I would say something more like an Italian, well, I don't want to say Italian ripoff, but there's a lot of Italian movies in the 80s that were taking parts of Terminator. They're taking mm-hmm. parts of Alien. And there's a lot of that in the in these movies where, oh, this is cool, so we can do this. And this is cool, we can do that. Uh, if you want to, what's the guy's name? Not Lucio Fulci. Uh, Cozy? Who's that? Luigi Cozy? Yeah, he's another, yeah. another director uh, who did an Alien ripoff con- contamination. Um, is that the one with the exploding eggs? Yeah, that's that's a very good something like that is similar similar flavor to this movie, uh, but I I think this is a little better just because it has uh, a better effects budget and a way better kung fu than most uh, Italian movies I've seen. And it, it's just, it's just well made. Like you're sitting there, there's had no. I mean, look at any point were you ever bored with this movie? No, never, 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 never. Um, I didn't want to walk away. I didn't want to. It's wanted to watch the whole thing. Again, I, I am impressed by the stop motion in this. Uh, I wish there was more information. We'll probably look for more information later and then get you that information when we yeah, get it. 
I tried to get the notes on this, but again, it's, I mean, shockingly, it's hard to find some of the information out there. Like I, I kind of, I tried to do a deep dive. I just didn't have time, but yeah, there's, there was very little in to any information. I, at least in English I could find and maybe in, um, maybe in Cantonese somewhere out there, but, and, uh, not only that, but a delightful co-production. I mean, like the other, the, the other, you know, our two, our Japanese characters are actually Japanese. Like that was a nice, yeah. They, they did there was nice touches here and there like they kind of went all in on all this yep it's uh i, I think peacocking is is chinese and lucky fruit is japanese right well they're brothers so they're wherever they were well, the actors are well, yeah the actors are yes but yes yeah. that's that is the that is the the um the casting like again like they just didn't throw anybody in there like you, you, you they cast it properly which hats off it's a nice little detail that uh you don't see a lot today i was looking a little bit into this as far as uh on the whatever the wikipedia thing i was surprised to see this was distributed by toho well i mean it had the budget and obviously our friend there has seen it we were before we started up uh, we were asking if he had ever seen it and actually he did turns out he did see it and it's under another name in japan i believe Right. What's it called so, in Japan? What's Peacock King called in Japan? Peacock King? Uh-huh. Peacock King is uh, in Japan, in Japanese, Kujaku O. Uh, Kujaku means peacock. Uh. O means king. Uh. Uh, but but, but uh, uh, this Kujaku is uh, a peacock is uh, uh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. A peacock is a uh, um, uh, bird. Uh, mm -hmm. a beautiful, beautiful feather and uh, in the zoo mm -hmm. light. Uh, but uh, this kujaku means not not peacock. Mm -hmm. uh, kujaku is a, a kind of a, a monster. Oh. Uh, yeah, a, a legend monster, a bird like a uh, like a firebird. Like phoenix. Like a phoenix. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like a phoenix. Yes, oh. yes, yes. So, so, uh, so uh, I. I, I, I listen. I listen here. Mm. Uh, so a very, very interesting and very strange feeling because <laughs> the, because uh, the kujaku is inter, uh, translated in peacock or peacock king. Oh, peacock! Uh, what uh, what uh, 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 cute! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, yeah. Uh, so kujaku or kujaku is a very. Um, Sorry, um, very, very popular in Japan. Mm. Uh, mm -hmm. I, 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 uh, I, I lead, I led, mm. I, I led a, a long time ago. Mm. So I, I, I watched the movie, but, but uh, um, I, I already forget the, uh, the, the uh, <laughs> story. Ah. So, so I, I, I'm interested in it. Uh, to, to listen here. Oh, uh, yeah. Chris, Chris did, Chris did it. Uh, he uh he, he's uh, explaining very good yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very good <laughs> i i did you I did you ever it. read the manga yeah yeah um, you were a fan of manga yeah pico king is very very popular very, really very, yes uh, it, it, yeah we never got it over here we got the the uh ovas the anime mm -hmm. the ovas yeah we got those in the early 90s but that beyond that, we never got any of the mangas or anything over here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. How how did you watch Peacock King? Oh, uh, in the manga. You said you watched the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, remember how you, when you saw it? When? 
Yeah. Oh, I, I, I was in the uh, theater. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so a long time ago. Ah. Yes. Uh, then, then uh, Pico King was very, very major, very, very uh, uh, popular in Japan. Uh, it, uh, uh, it on a uh, uh, magazine. Uh, jump. Yeah. Um, but uh, Young Jump. Uh, I, I believe it on the on Young Jump. Mm. Young Jump is very popular. And, and the Pico King is uh, most popular in Young Jump. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. So then, I, yeah, everybody knows Pico King. Ah. Uh, so uh, I, I, <laughs> very uh, strange, but the uh, Pico King, <laughs> what, what, what a cute, cute name. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, uh, I very enjoyed it. <laughs> what, what do you remember if it was well received in Japan? Did, people, did the Japanese like it? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but movie, movie, uh, very different from uh, manga. Oh. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a Hong Kong and Japan combined. Mm. Okay. So yeah, uh, I, I like Golden Harvest. I like Toho. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But uh, Pico King combined, very strange <laughs> because uh, it uh, uh, Pico King said it's SF. SF movie, ah. SFX movie. Ah, mm -hmm. so, uh, not Tokusatsu, SFX movie for Jap uh, in, in in Japanese. Ah, yes. So uh, I, uh, <laughs> I I I watched uh, for I, I recognized the SFX movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not Tokusatsu and uh, Golden Harvest uh, is uh, very popular with Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, lucky fruit, lucky fruit, luck, maybe mm -hmm. uh, lucky fruit is uh, actor, right? Uh, maybe mm -hmm. Hong Kong, right? Uh, yeah. Character name, uh, character name. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I don't remember the name, but uh, lucky fruit is uh, a very famous Hong Kong actor of Kung Fu, maybe. Uh, maybe right. Peacock, because I think the actor is Japanese. I I think I. I, I remember Pico King is Japanese, right? I think Pico oh. King was Chinese. I can double check that. Yeah. Well, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Please, please, please. Uh, who, who, who did the Kung Fu? Uh, Peacock King. Uh, Pico King. Because Lucky Fruit was more uh, uh, spells, right? Ah, I see, I see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, any, anyway, Hong Kong actor is very, uh, very famous uh, over a Kung Fu actor. I see. Yunpyo. We, we call Yunpyo. Mikami Hiroshi was Lucky Fruit. Ah, Mikami Hiroshi is Lucky Fruit. Okay, okay. Mikami Hiroshi yeah. is Japanese. Okay. Yeah. I, I understand. Okay. So, uh, and then, uh, you and, you and Bio. Yunpyo. Yeah. 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 Yunpyo yeah. is a very good actor of Kung Fu. Yeah. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted to see Kung Fu. Mm. But, uh, Maybe maybe the kung fu scene just a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I I don't remember. Maybe ten percent. A ten percent. Yeah. And and uh, the dinosaur appear. I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah yeah <laughs> yeah dinosaur yeah. So, uh, so. It, it's more like uh, <laughs> you know when you go to a museum uh, and you see a dinosaur. Uh -huh. What, but one of them gets moves around. Uh -huh. So yeah. I see. Yeah, yeah. I see. yeah. So uh, I, I I don't remember, but, but now 
I, I, I want to see again. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to watch again. Hell yeah. With, uh, after I back to Japan. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because he takes pretty very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very uh, interested in <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Cool. <laughs> Well, thank no, you, Hiroshi. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you for filling in a lot of that too. That's and by the way, for those listening and possibly watching, uh, Hiroshi is a very, very talented artist, and uh, you're actually on on a convention circuit out here in America right now, right? You're doing conventions. Yeah. So uh, where are you going next? Uh, next is uh, Las Vegas Star Trek convention. Star Trek convention, Las yes. Vegas. Yes. And then. Your after that, uh, your Japan uh, World Heroes. Uh, after that is the Frank for Chicago and the, uh, Chicago. Yes, yes. yes. After Chicago, Japan World Heroes. Mm. Oh, ah yes. man, you be yes. very busy. Yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna give your uh, your your uh, your your socials in a minute, so that way the people who are listening can see your work. Pardon me. They're gonna. We'll promote you in a second. Pro, uh, promote. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for uh, American people or Japanese people. Yep. Yep. Yeah, both. Uh, both, both. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I am a Hiroshi Kanatani. Um, I'm a, I, I'm from Japan. I'm a Japanese manga artist. So, uh, I, mm, uh, this is a, uh, my uh, convention tour in America. Uh, I have seven cons this time. Um, I, I went to Deepest, uh, San Diego Comic Con, and next is uh, Star Trek Convention, Fine Expo, uh, Japan World Hero, Days of the Dead, and the last is uh, San Antonio or San Japan. So uh, please, please come to a convention and, and, and meet me, uh, talk by my table. Then. So uh, maybe uh, I can talk more. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, my, my English is not so good, but. Uh, I, I have I have many panels <laughs> with a translator, so I, I have to think. Oh, uh, uh, I, I have I I I know I know about Tokusatsu, I know about the manga, I know about the movie, but um, my weak point is just English. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I have many secrets of Tokusatsu, but I, I cannot explain. <laughs> you're doing pretty good. No, you're doing very good. <laughs> Thanks so much. So. Uh, uh, please, please come to see my uh, new work, uh, Godzilla sketch, Ultra sketch. Uh, it's my uh, 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 I, 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 I believe it's a, it's a good uh, good art. <laughs> mm -hmm. so, and uh, my uh, next manga is uh, uh, Kaiju Cooking appeared in uh, uh, will will be appear uh, on uh, September. So awesome! Yeah, yeah. So uh, well, we're Please check it. Thank you so much. We're going to promote the hell out of you. So, and for those listening, Hiroshi was very gracious to join us uh, at our panel at Comic Con. So, I'm going to be publishing that in a few weeks on the Kaiju Kingdom thread. So, watch out for that. Um, it's very gracious just to come talk Ultraman and how much we all love Ultraman. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, Aaron, we got any last words? Uh well, do you guys want to do you want to talk about what we're gonna do next? 
what are we doing next? We're doing rats. Oh yes, this is okay. So this is an Aryan movie. <laughs> so he proposed this to me, um, and this is a um, this is a uh, this is an Italian Italian eighties sci-fi movie about rats. Uh, right, rats, Knights of Terror. I think is the is the official name. So if you want to watch that uh, with us before the podcast, uh, you should probably do that now. I def- definitely should. Actually, this is um, I've only known of this movie through um, through Tales of Lore. So when he proposed this, I'm like, all right, I'm in. So it's it's just it looks like great Italian sleaze. Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait for you to watch this. All right, yeah, we're, we're we're definitely getting into the okay. So I've already pitched. You know, Aryans. I've already introduced him. Like, okay, Aryan, start. What do you got? What do you got that I haven't seen? And believe me, there's a lot that I haven't seen that he's seen. So, we got a we got a nice long list of fun fun stuff for the next couple of months. So, strap in, stay tuned. And on that note, you can find us online at the Kaiju Kingdom podcast because we are under that banner. So on Twitter at the Kaiju Kingdom at facebook.com slash the kaiju kingdom podcast and along with that uh we are also on instagram also at the kaiju kingdom uh our actual website is the kaiju kingdom podcast.com if you don't like streaming you just want to download right to your device you can do that with all of our episodes there uh a new episode of our flagship show had just went up where uh we have the creative team of godzilla monsters and protectors uh from our panel at G-Fest, along with my description of 10 minutes of Gamma Rebirth that I was able to see at uh, Comic-Con. I think, Hiroshi, you saw it too, right? Yeah. Saw the Gamma panel? So, a lot of fun stuff with that. And, uh, yes. So, on that note, the next time we will see you, we'll be discussing rats. So, for myself and... Ariani Nohosa and... Hiroshi Kanatani. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.